Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode where I am interviewing Lisa. I'm so excited to interview her because she is going to share some invaluable information. I just know it because she has four kids that she homeschooled for 25 years. And now she actually works for a very popular curriculum company. And every single day she gets tons and tons, hundreds of questions about homeschooling and how she can help them. So she has a lot of wisdom to share. So please stick around and listen to Miss Lisa as she talks about how amazing homeschooling is. Hi friends, are you ready to homeschool, but you're just not sure how to begin? Do you feel overwhelmed or frustrated with the public school and noticing that your child is constantly struggling or falling behind? Are you ready to say goodbye to that hectic and stressful weekday schedule and embrace a completely different approach? Do you find that your child is exhausted from those long days at school, followed by hours of homework at night? And are you constantly experiencing stress and overwhelm as a result? I'm here to share some great news with you. There is a better way, and it's called homeschooling. Experience quiet and peaceful mornings again. How about instilling a sense of joy and excitement for learning in your child? Witness their true passions unfold as you go on this fulfilling journey together. Welcome to Hooked on Homeschool. I am Dawn Janowitz, a homeschool mom, wife, podcaster, and online course creator. And I want to give you the clarity, the confidence, the freedom, and all the strategies to show you that it is possible to create an amazing homeschool experience that works for both you and your kids. So come on, ladies, let's go from hot mess express to fierce and fun, and let's get hooked on homeschool. So I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Miss Lisa. Hi, Don. Thank you so much. Really happy oh, to be here today. <laughs> oh, so, thank you so much for coming on the show and wanting to share your journey and your experience because I think you have a lot of experience you can share with us. Yep, I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Okay, so perfect. So first what we're going to do is we're going to start off and I'm going to ask, what prompted you to ultimately want to homeschool? When my firstborn was still an infant, we met a homeschooling family. They'd been homeschooling for a while. I was so impressed. I was impressed with the closeness of the kids in their family and their respect for their parents. I was impressed with the work that they were doing in their schooling at home and just seeing them over the next several years. By the time my oldest was ready for us to start thinking about school, I was so convinced. I felt like I would need to hear the audible voice of God telling me not to homeschool by that point. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, I was so sure that it was the best thing to do for him. Yep. Was your husband completely on board? He was. From the get-go? You know, yeah, because he and I had the same experience with that family, and then we began to meet other homeschooling families. And yeah, we were completely convinced. And in what year was that? So my, let's see, we started in 1994. Okay. So 1994. And what resources did you have to homeschool? Because it wasn't very popular back then. No, there weren't a whole lot of options. And I didn't know very much. And the year after we started, we had to move out of state. And so I was really on my own. I think I knew of 
two programs, uh, Abeka and Bob Jones, and that was it. And it wasn't until later on that I became more acquainted with a few more programs and began to do more research. So for that first year or two, those were the things that I used until I got my feet wet and felt a little more comfortable Mm -hmm. and then started to branch out a little more. Yeah. And those two programs are actually still around today. They are. Uh, They're great programs. So what was your biggest struggle? Do you remember what your biggest struggle was back then? Well, for me, it was that second year in because we did move. I had a three-year-old and then he became four-year-old toddler. And then I was pregnant and we moved. I was nine months pregnant. And so I had a baby three months after, you know, three weeks after we got there. And I was far away from home and everyone I knew. So we were really on our own. So how did you overcome the struggles? Like, so, because you didn't have the internet back then. No. So how did you know, like, if you were doing enough for your child, how did you feel like how many hours a day you should be homeschooling your child? Like, where did you get all that information from? Yeah, that was really confusing. And the best thing that I did was I sought out a homeschool group. And I went to the library and I went to a local Christian bookstore. And I just asked everybody that I could find anybody know of a local group. And someone knew someone and they gave me her number and I called and that opened up a world for me. I mean, truly an entire world, new friends, new families to get acquainted with. And then I just started asking a gazillion questions and I was really so blessed and amazed at the generosity of these homeschooling moms. They were so generous with their wisdom and with their experience and their patience with me as a new newbie, you know, and <laughs> I just never forgot that. And it has inspired me ever since to be able to do the same. Oh, that's so wonderful. So, so right now, speaking to someone who's listening, that is thinking about homeschooling, and they think they're going to be alone in it, what advice would you give them? I would say, reach out, ask questions. You know, I don't know whether or not you have a local homeschool support group that meets in real life, but if not, the internet now has opened up the world to you. And there is, there's wonderful support from other homeschooling families. Find people, find folks that you get along with and that are willing to answer questions. And don't be afraid to ask questions. There is no dumb question here. Every one of us have been through that first year and that first day, and we all know what it's like. Ask away and be willing to just keep learning. This is a lifelong learning journey. Yep, it sure is. It sure is. And and we want to take it with our children. And that's what's so exciting about it. So when you first wanted to homeschool as well. And and as the years went on, what values did you most want to instill in your children? What did you feel like were things that were really good that were heavy in your heart? Yeah, I wanted to make sure that they had appreciation for family. I wanted to have a relationship with my kids and I wanted them to have a relationship with each other. I wanted to not have this sibling separation by age that often happens when they're in school and there's that age segregation it's artificial. It doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. And I didn't want to start it in our home. So being home together, that was a big piece of it. We had a lot of values. I wanted to be free to share them with my children. And I wanted them to be able to ask questions and explore and investigate and not be afraid to have doubts about things and and share those doubts and then be able to research things and share together. So that was a big piece of it. 
Those are some really great things. So you said something called age segregation for, for someone who's never heard of that, or, I mean, you can kind of think about what it means, but what exactly does that mean? And why was that something that you actually thought of when you were homeschooling? Yeah, I have a sister and brother. My sister is my best friend today. She's two years younger than I am, just two years. And when we were in school all of those years, I didn't want to know her. I didn't want to have anything to do with her. There was a very much a mindset that was spread. It wasn't overt, but it just kind of, it happens through osmosis that these are your people. They are all the same age and you don't get communicate and spend time with people outside of your own age. It's it's so artificial. And I was so thankful later on to be able to, to develop a real strong friendship with my sister. And when I realized what had caused that, I said, not for me. I want my kids to be friends with each other. I want them to be able to communicate mm-hmm. with people of any age. And it was really neat because later on when we would meet other people. They were astonished that my very young children could carry on a conversation with an adult, with a grandparent, with anybody. Your children now are in their 20s and 30s. What would they say about their homeschooling experience and about their family life if you were to ask them? Or have you asked them and do you know what they would say? I have asked them. And th- there's lots of jokes made about some of the things that we did that probably mm-hmm. seemed out of the box to many people. But They have expressed to me that they've been thankful that we did this, that it was a journey that they appreciated. They are adults today. They don't, any of them live in the same town and they are very, very close. They spend time together online. They do Zoom, sibling Zoom calls, I found out. You know, I had no idea until somebody mentioned it one day. And they do projects together in, in their work, in their, in their careers. They spend time in, brainstorm ideas together all the time and they plan crazy things together and it's just really fun to hear about but they've they have shared that they're thankful they are thankful that they were taught how to question things and not just take everything that was handed to them as truth without investigating it for themselves Exactly. So you now mentioned that they're in their careers. What would you say to parents who are like, well, how is my kid going to get in, into a college? How, how are they going to have a career if they're homeschooled? Like, how is that? How does that even work? How does that happen? So can you explain that process and kind of what are they doing now? Yeah, it, it was really interesting from the beginning of our homeschooling to now things have changed quite a bit. Back then, many universities didn't know how to handle homeschooling children. Now, they really seek them out because they've recognized what a contribution they make in the classroom, and they are tend to be, on the, on the whole, excellent students. So all four of my kids started dual enrolling, which Florida permits, in their junior years, and they did a good bit of their coursework at the local community college uh, through their junior and senior years. My second son actually graduated high school with his associate's degree as well. He he was a go-getter and he worked really hard (laughs) and took some classes during the summer too so that he could have those credits. So two of them went to the university. My daughter chose not to and my youngest son started to and then he has stepped away from that for a while. But they all know that they have options. If they ever want to go back, they absolutely can. Um, One son uh, started to apply to uh, the National Guard and was accepted. He had to decline because of a health issue. But um, yeah, the military loves homeschooling kids. 
Um, so yeah, where you know wherever you want to go, and college is not the only route. There are trades schools, there's apprenticeships, there's so many options and opportunities that you can think about now. So it's almost like when you go to a public school, it's all about where you're going to go to college. It's it's ingrained in your mind when you are in fifth, sixth, seventh grade, so young. Where are you going to go to college? But wait a minute, what if you don't want to go to college? What if you want to? learn a, a trade or, or do something completely out of the ordinary of what everyone else is doing, you're almost meant to feel like that. I get, I don't want to say a failure, but you're almost meant to feel like you're not doing what everybody else is doing and you're not going with the herd. And it's so important to realize that you don't have to go with the herd. It is not a herd mentality to go to college. There are so many opportunities for people to do many different things. And homeschooling is not going to set anybody back. If anything, it's going to help them develop their passions and their interests and pursue their dreams because they actually can figure out what they want to do. Not only just somebody telling them, okay, you don't know what you want to do when you graduate high school. Ha, no worries. Just go to a college and just get an associate's degree. Oh, you don't know what you want to do when you get to college. No worries. Just get a liberal arts degree. I mean, it's, it just doesn't stop. It's like, we have to say, wait a minute. Yep, I completely agree, yes. Do we want our kids doing something that they don't want to do? Yeah. It's, It's crazy. Hi, friends. Are you wanting to homeschool, but you just don't even know where to start? If so, I have got some exciting news to share with you. Did you know that I have a free workshop that will help you get started with homeschooling? Plus, I'll give you valuable tips and insights to help guide you along the way. I invite you to visit Hooked on Homeschool, where I'll teach you how to create an amazing homeschool experience right now. Take this first step towards the incredible journey of homeschooling by visiting hookedonhomeschool.com. So uh, tell me about who are some people that back then that you can reference uh, some books that they had or maybe some of the thought process about homeschooling? Because it's a little different now. Now people are opening up to realize that public schools are not the best place. But back then, it was like I graduated high school in 92. So back then it was, you know, high schools were still good. Why would you pull your child out of a high school? So what were the thoughts back then to actually pull your children out of school? Yeah, we were already seeing that the values that were being shared in schools were not the values we wanted our children to have. And they spend a lot of time there every day, you know, more time sometimes than at home. So I didn't want that. I also understand, too, that children are so easily influenced at a young age, and I wanted to be able to have them in our home during those formative years where they are forming not only their personalities, but what the way they think about things. And I wanted to make sure that I could share our values with them, but also allow them to ask those questions and get honest answers and not be put off by anything. So we... I read some books by Dr. Raymond and Dorothy Moore. I don't know. They might be out of print by now, but I know that they're (laughs) out there and available. If you can search for them, they're fabulous. They might sound old-fashioned in some ways in in the things that they shared, but the truths that they shared are timeless. They're classics, and they formed a lot of the way that I thought about things and what I wanted to instill in our home and in our kids. 
when you and I were talking earlier about if they can walk, they can work. And I, I knew the value of work in a child's life. And so even like at a young age, I would pull out the laundry basket and I could bring my three or four year old and he could fold napkins. He could fold handkerchiefs. He could fold towels. And it might sound preposterous some, to some people to put a young child to work, but it gives them such a sense of accomplishment. You cannot instill value and self-confidence in a child just by telling them how awesome they are all the time. There's nothing to back that up. Let them do something that makes them feel like they've accomplished something and they've done something worthwhile, and then they've got something to hold on to. Yes. You know, that is so true. Just yesterday, my daughter found a squirt bottle and she's like, mom, I'm going to go out and wash the windows. And she is just squirting and she comes back in. Mom, can this be my new chore? She felt so good. I know. I'm like, okay. She felt so good to be washing the windows, you know, the outside, just from where she can get it. We're in the pool area. There's no like bushes or anything for her to go around. So it's like the sliders and stuff. And she felt so good with that. It was so funny. I've never seen her before. It didn't end well. The bottle was glass and she put it on the ledge, fell off and she was so sad. So it didn't end well, but I told her I will go get another water bottle and that can be her chore and she can love to wash windows. If you look at that as giving them something to do because you don't want to do it as a parent, that's different. But if you look at it as you're giving that to them so they can understand what working is and what contributing, right? You're contributing to the family. Yes. I have my son load and unload the dishwasher, not because I don't want to do it, which I don't, but that's his part to contribute to the family. And to do everything for them is not helpful and that's not good either. These are just parenting things, right? In addition to everything else. Yeah. So- those are some good good points you brought up. Okay, Lisa, when you think back all the time, there's one word I'm sure that pops up in your head that people would say over and over and over again. How do you socialize your kids? How do your kids get any socialization? Oh my gosh. Okay, so go ahead. We all know now that there's plenty of options, but what was it like back then? And what did you always tell people? I used to tell people, One of the best reasons for homeschooling is so that you can socialize your children properly because, because like I said before, the, the artificial age segregation that goes on in school is, is, exists nowhere else in life. You know, when they graduate school and go out into the world, whether they're in college or they're in the workforce, there's no place where they're going to be able to go, I'm sorry, I can't socialize with you because you're not my age. It just doesn't exist and it doesn't work well. Also, I mean, when you leave a lot of kids together, largely unsupervised, you know, because even the best intention teacher, if she's got 23 kids in her class, she's well outnumbered. And so when you put a bunch of young children together, foolishness tends to abound. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. And so it's really a much better situation when you can have parents there and be watchful of what's going on to be able to correct or teach or instruct or whatever is needed. And also when you are in a family, it's the most natural and best way to socialize your children because they are learning how to communicate with and have relationships with people of all ages. And they have to learn how to deal with conflict and resolve that conflict with older and younger siblings and with their parents. And it's the Mm -hmm. best way, 
I think, to socialize. Now, mind you, there are other opportunities as well to meet other kids and socialize. You can do field trips or play dates. My kids volunteered at the local libraries. They did scouting. So there's so many opportunities. And sports, there there are plenty of opportunities to be with other kids, but it doesn't always have to be only with children their own age. Right. I have two older sisters and I was always the little the little sister quit following me around because the older siblings wanted to be with their friends and the little sister was the annoying little sister, you know. So it's it's a shame that it is that way. It's it's a shame that it can't be inclusive. Hey, you know, come hang out with us. Let's learn and share and and be together. It's it's not a loving environment. It it is very separated. So yeah. I know, I lived it. (laughs) Okay, so what are some words of wisdom that you'd like to share with some homeschool moms? What are some some good things that in your, how many years of homeschooling did you do? Yeah, 25 years. And early on, I remember having a a meeting with the homeschool group that I met in that that new place where I had moved. And we had a, a great meeting and I had the opportunity to listen to some beautiful women really share some helpful things, very practical The first one was plan your school day around your meals. And I hadn't up to that point. And I saw what used to happen. We'd get working on something. I'd lose track of the time. Lunchtime would come and go. And then you have these hangry kids. My kids taught me that word. They are grumpy when they're hungry. My goodness gracious. Stop what you're doing and feed those children. We would plan it that way. We, you know, I would just set a timer or whatever for say 1130 and at 1130, whatever we were doing, we would stop and straighten up, put your stuff away. And I'm going to go get lunch on the table and you guys can help set the table or do whatever. And then I would do the same thing for dinner time, leave a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, what I needed. And we would stop what we were doing so that we could get the meals on the table on time. And it made our whole day go so much better every single day. So that's that's what number one. Number two is, this is a really old saying, a place for everything and everything in its place. If you don't have a place for everything, you have too much stuff. And I this one hit me to the core because I'm, <laughs> I'm a collector. And so I realized when I don't have a, a right place for everything and then I go to look for it, I don't know where it is. But if that thing has an address where it lives, then it doesn't matter who used it last. It's going to get put back there. And then whoever needs it next will know where it is. And then you don't have arguing and bickering and that kind of thing going on. People running around frantic searching for something they need. If you don't have a place for it, find a place. If you have too much stuff, then get rid of something else and put this thing in that place. And like I said, before meals, we would stop a half hour earlier and everybody stopped what they were doing and put their stuff away. And it just made, you know, when you do have to do real cleaning in the house, so much easier because everything was in its place. Well, I have a place for scissors and tape, but for some reason, my kids use it and it never makes it back. I don't know why. Like, where's the scissors? So I'll literally go and buy like, a five pack from Amazon and put them in the drawer. And within a month, I'm like, where are my scissors? I know they just disappear. Pencils, everything. They can just- Everything. And it's crazy. Oh, these kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's really crazy. Okay. So Lisa, you loved being a homeschool mom so much and you really wanted to continue helping 
and uh, getting out there and helping other homeschool moms. So what is it you do right now? Uh, what company do you work for? And what is it that you do? What, how do you contribute to the homeschool world? Yeah, I was inspired and so thankful for the way people had given so generously to me that I really wanted to pass that forward. So I started working with Demi Learning, which is the publishing company for the math program that I used, which is Matthew C. And we used it for 24 years with all four kids. And I was so impressed with it and came to love it so well that after I graduated my youngest child, I applied for a job with them. And I work now as a customer success consultant and placement specialist for Matthew C., Spelling UC, Analytical Grammar, and Write Shop. Wow, that is so great. So so any families out there that really don't understand like what kind of curriculum to do, there's there's so many to choose from, but this is actually a very popular one. And so what would you say that your common questions are that people call? What what is some common questions that that you feel like you get that people are questioning? Yeah, well, a lot of people are calling for placement help, but I have to say, especially in the in the 3 years since COVID happened, we are meeting more and more families that maybe had never considered homeschooling before. It just wasn't on their radar. And because of what happened with COVID, they find themselves in this place and they're investigating it for the first time and feeling a little overwhelmed. So a lot of times it's just sitting and talking with them and sharing with them and letting them express their fears and their concerns and encouraging them. And I think that's really my the thing that I enjoy doing the most is the opportunity to encourage parents that if you never thought about this before, you can do this. It's not an mm-hmm. impossible thing. It doesn't matter that you weren't a teacher or that maybe that you don't even have a college degree. You know your children better than mm-hmm. anyone on this earth. You love yep. them better than anyone on this earth. You are the perfect person to teach them and you will learn along the way. You don't have to be an expert in everything. You don't have to be an expert in anything. You learn alongside your children is one of the most powerful things you can do because coming alongside them doesn't make them feel like they're on their own. Sometimes if you can remember back to when you were a child and sitting in a classroom and and being taught something that just didn't make sense to you, what's the thought that goes through your head? You're looking at your teacher and you're saying, oh yeah, sure, that's easy for you to say because you understand it. But I don't. Well, that's what it's like for your children. And so as a parent, you can say to them, you know what? I don't know this either. We're going to do it together and I'm not leaving your side. We're going to learn it together. You're not alone here. That's a powerful thing to do to a child. And it um, really is. Yeah. You've become their yeah. advocate as well as their teacher. Yeah. So, or you if they're can sitting there watching, they're, they're sitting there watching their teacher and it, and they're actually saying, I don't understand this. I never understand this. And then they start having self doubt and they start talking negatively to themselves. Yeah. So that's not good either. So Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. You have a wealth of experience. And I think that there's a lot of people out there that have learned a lot and hopefully they'll take the leap to homeschool. And hopefully one day, maybe they'll call your company and and you'll help them there. And they'll take the leap into homeschooling with everybody else. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. Hi, friend. Before you go, I want to thank you for listening. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would truly be grateful if you could just take a moment and leave me a five-star review. 
Your review will help me improve and reach more listeners who could benefit from homeschooling. Until next time, keep exploring and discovering new ways to make your homeschooling a fun and enjoyable experience. Happy homeschooling! Oh,